story, new paradigms for a new world. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for joining us here on the program. You're going to really enjoy this program, I think, because it's uh, going to give you some insights into um, yourself, which is what we're all about here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We are here Sundays at 7 a.m., 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. And we also uh, have the podcasts at SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, and a whole lot of other locations around the Internet. I almost said around the world, but that is kind of true, around the world. And... um, We encourage you to go to our guest's website. We'll be giving that to you shortly so that you can continue your evolutionary process. And um, we also encourage you, if you uh, are able to do so and you feel uh, drawn to do so, and uh, what we're doing here resonates with you, please um, support us financially. We have PayPal and Patreon accounts for your security as well as ours. And we also ask you to please participate. It doesn't take much. In 2020, the year of perfect vision, where we are asking you to go within, spend some time going within, finding that still, quiet, peaceful place where you can just kind of relax a little bit, uh, take the stresses off uh, as of uh, today as we're talking. I could use a little of that. Uh, It's been a little tense, but we're going to find ways of finding out why maybe it is a little tense as well with our guests. But please spend that time. You also find good insight, inspiration, encouragement, uh, enlightenment maybe, as well as uh, peace and calm and all of those other good things that I, I mentioned before. Today's program, as I said, you're going to enjoy because we're going to introduce you to the 10 Terrans of Consciousness, Understanding as I said before, yourself and other people uh, and our world. Alan, David Reed, and uh, is it Tani Wolf? Thank you for joining us. Lovely to be here. Yes. Hi, Richard. It's, it's nice a pleasure you. to have you. You're, you are all the way in where? <laughs> where are you coming from? We're on the east coast of Australia in a place called Byron Bay. And Alan is actually American, originally from California, but he now lives here also in Australia. Ah, that's a heck of a long flight, I think, uh, from the uh, U.S. to Australia. And yeah, about 13 and a half hours. How many? 13 and a half Thir- hours. Well, I guess that's not as, I guess about, that's actually, Ireland is actually further from the West Coast than Australia yeah. is. So uh, that that's a commuter, that's a, that's a little uh, a jumper flight uh, as compared to going to Ireland. <laughs> Not really, but uh, I, I, I would love to live there. And I've seen a lot of uh, television, especially movies, coming out of Australia. Uh, very, very interesting. Terran, the uh, 10 Terrans of Consciousness is what we're talking about. And we've got this book here that is going to talk to us, and actually you folks are going to talk to us, about uh, these 10 Terrans. And the 10 Terrans of Consciousness are the 10 fundamental operating systems that are running our planet. They create all our thoughts, beliefs, values, choices, and behaviors. Choices is a big deal here on Tell Me Your Story because it's all about choices and knowledge of those choices. And now we're giving you 10 more, folks, 10 more to consider. Um, I think Alan and uh, uh, Alan and Tony, I think that it would be fair to say that most people have no clue 
as to what Terrans are, unless you want to consider Terrans being occupants of Terra or, uh, or Earth, if you will. But these are a little different, and we're going to go through some of them. But you also have on your website a quiz, uh, if you will, that people can take. Is that correct? Uh, yes, we do. Uh, what we're basically uh, sharing with people is the the 10 parallel universes that we each live in one of, and those parallel universes inform our perceptions, our values, our beliefs. It's really a pair of colored glasses through which we're seeing the world. So uh, these terrains are actually, terrains. just like you have different terrains on the landscape, we okay. have different terrains of perception uh, in consciousness. And so understanding how you're viewing the world and how you're you're seeing things coming back at you it will will really help you to uh, be more at peace with yourself uh, have much better relationships because you'll be able to understand not only how you're needing to feel safe in the world but you're going to understand how other people need to feel safe if they're coming from someplace different so it's really an opportunity for us to to learn about each other in a whole new way and also I would say that the Ten Terrains is really a map. It's a map that, that explains humanity's spiritual journey, our journey of evolution. So you can look at us as individuals, as we're moving through our journey and we're growing and we're expanding. We start to maybe resonate with different things and make different kinds of choices and maybe change our career. And sometimes it's because we've actually had a terrain shift. So we've shifted from the terrain we've been at for the last 20 or 30 years. We've had a huge expansion in our awareness and suddenly we're seeing everything very differently. And that can be explained by what we call a terrain shift. So I just wanted to, to share that, that, that this is actually a moving evolutionary process. This is a moving evolutionary process that, uh, like the harmonic convergence of the mid-1980s, is something that just is happening. It's not necessarily something we have conscious control over. Well, um, I was actually at the harmonic convergence on the side of Mount Shasta the morning it happened. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, a lot of my friends saw me on television and thought it was kind of interesting. Um, what we're really looking at here is the idea that your infinite self, which consciousness really is, is bringing you on a journey back home to who you already were. And these are terrains of, of learning. These are, are schools and universities of learning. So as you understand what there is to understand at each of these terrains and in, in the given terrain you're at at this moment, there's lessons, there's gifts, there's challenges. As, as that becomes embodied, because we're a self-healing system, we're a self-healing universe, we're a self like our body heals itself naturally without us thinking about it, we are naturally healing back to our infinite self. And as you become more whole at each point in that journey, then you will naturally move to the next point in that journey. Yeah, and it's definitely something that is outside of our conscious control. So that's why it's a really great question that you asked, because it's really something that, like, if you want to believe in your higher self or your infinite self is planning this for you, the journey that you're going to go on in this particular lifetime. And everybody's journey is really different. Some people might stay at the same terrain of consciousness their entire life because the, the journey they're, that they're doing it needs them to stay at that terrain and go really deeply into that terrain. And maybe the work that they're here to give on this planet in their lifetime requires them to be deeply, deeply learned at, the, at that terrain. Whereas someone else, their life journey may require them to grow and expand and shift their perceptions and completely radically change their entire lives because something that they're going to give to the world later in their life requires them to have had 
all those different learning experiences. So it's definitely something that's outside of our control, but it is something that we can become aware of. And once we become aware of where we're at in our particular journey, especially relative maybe to where our family members are at or people in our community, we can start to understand, you know, why we're not maybe not getting along with people or they're not understanding us or we're not understanding them. And it can just give us huge amount of knowledge and self-knowledge. And, and as you know, on this show, self-knowledge is absolutely the key to peace. Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, uh, get the correct pronunciation, terrains. Uh, and um, we're talking about the 10 terrains of consciousness. There are 10 of them. Some of them that I can describe are, um, I'll call it the asterisk. It's probably referred to as the star. There's the triangle, the square, the diamond, the circle, the spiral, uh, the f- figure eight, which is on its side for infinity. And of course, I've left out three. Uh, the first uh, the seventh, uh, the eighth, and the tenth. Uh, but doesn't matter so much from my perspective, the order. I know that you folks uh, have placed these. Uh, first of all, tell us where you found, discovered these terrains. Well, it's been a, a lifelong research uh, for myself in um the sciences and the mysteries, working with leading uh, thinkers around the world, uh, really understanding that uh, there was a paradigm shift under being undertaken with quantum physics to the understanding of consciousness being non-local. And this is something that the, the ancients, the mysteries, the enlightened have always been saying. What we were looking at with uh, the various um, understandings of the world was that they weren't quite getting it uh, because they were coming from a an egocentric or an anthropomorphic uh, perspective. And so what we're really doing here is putting putting things in the correct relationship so that we can then have the correct relationship to our, ourself and to others. And it's just been an evolution of, uh, of research and, and really asking deep questions to, to have this it's really being revealed to us in a lot of ways. And Alan and I originally um, came together as a romantic couple, and we're not now, we're colleagues, but when we first were together, we were spending a lot of time in deep conversation around the house and just constantly asking this question, like, what, what is underneath the differences between people? And Alan, as, as he said, has a background in the mysticism, in the mystic teachings and, and in science and in physics. And I have a background more in psychology and understanding the differences between people and how people relate to each other in the personal growth journey. And so we kind of both have these pattern recognizing brains, but they're very opposite. And so when we came together, our two brains kind of showed us a complete picture. And we started to see that underneath people's behaviors and the things they've read in books and their value systems and their conditioning, there's actually a really core relationship to reality that each person has at a particular point in their journey. And especially once you start to understand that we are all one infinite being, and it's really just the degrees of separation from that oneness that we have that really describes the terrain that we're at. So let's talk about the 10 terrains. I mentioned the symbols, and this is going to help each of us to understand ourselves better. Find out the lessons that uh, we're here to learn right now, make choices that are right for us uh, with greater certainty, and then evolve and grow on our path. That's just uh, understanding ourselves. There's also understanding others and uh, then, of course, the world. But 
I find it extremely important, it's not always easy, to learn about oneself. Because sometimes, for some, that can be... It can be a little scary, don't you think? I mean, because some of us have got a lot of baggage. And uh, Yes, well, certainly um, to explain the 10 terrains, I would invite your listeners to go to our website at 10terrains.com, and I spell that T-E-N-T-E-R-R-A-I-N-S.com. There you'll be able to see the continuum of these 10 terrains. Mm-hmm. And this continuum is really showing the polarity from unity to separation on the other end. Uh, there's uh, the outer five, there's the inner five. So there, there's a, a whole symmetry to this model between yin and yang and masculine, feminine, fear and love. So it's a very complex model, but at the same time, it's very elegant and very simple. And uh, Tanya, if you'd like to take everyone through the terrain really quickly. Do you want me to just go through them super quickly to give you a sense? Sure. Okay. Now, uh, first of all, you said that there were five outer and then there are five inner uh, is the f- are the five outer having to do more with the external or material world, the inner having to do more with the metaphysical or spiritual world? The first five terrains really are coming from a place of reaction to what's happening. Right. It's more, it's, I guess, in the sense of like more a victim consciousness, like looking outside of ourselves for solutions, looking outside of ourselves for truths. The second five terrains, the jump from the fifth to the sixth terrain, from circle, the connection-based terrain, no, sorry, from diamond, the reflection-based terrain, to circle, the connection-based terrain, is the jump from head to heart and from outer to inner and from fear to love. So as someone starts to move into circle and the next five terrains, they're very much on an inwards journey, much more in a state of being, taking responsibility for the reality that they're creating and coming much more from a place of self-responsibility and connectedness to all that is. So they're actually very, very different, the first five to the second five. They still each each build on the previous one. Okay. And I would sort of add that you've got this axiom that you're a product of your environment, which is really saying about the first five until your environment's a product of you, which is about the second five. At the first, in the first five terrains, you're really having the world happen to you. And in the second five terrains, you're more and more becoming responsible and, and coming to a point of realizing you're creating it all. Yeah. All right. So let's go through the first, uh, the first five, the outer terrain. What's the first? We'll go through them super quickly because the first one you're definitely not going to meet anyone there but we just we put the first one and the last one there just as bookends but you really won't meet people at those terrains are extremely rare mm-hmm. the first one we call the matter-based terrain we've got the symbol of the particle which is a bunch of random dots and this is kind of like a caveman person that's really living purely in a state of moment-to-moment fear and reaction like there's a lion coming i better run there's no deeper meaning to them than pure survival and you're unlikely to meet someone at that terrain in this a generation maybe someone who's grown up in a war zone and is it's just such a pure state of moment-to-moment survival mm-hmm. the next terrain the faith-based terrain which we have the symbol of radial it's, it's a dot in the middle with all these arms going out sort of you know spikes going out to the world because this person is looking fully outside of themselves and they've given a huge amount of meaning to what's happened they've given meaning that there's some sort of god or deity or spirits that is 100% running their reality. So this is a terrain of fundamentalism where someone gives their power 100% to something outside of themselves and does anything that their priests tell them or anything that they think their God wants them to do in order to stay safe because they they're 100% believe that something else has full power over them. And then the terrain after that, the will-based terrain pyramid, 
Uh, at this terrain, the shift from radial to pyramid is that someone believes I control my own destiny now, thank you very much. And this is very much a terrain of like the Wild West. Who's ever got the quickest gun wins. And, and I will survive if I amass as much power and wealth as I can so that I can dominate over others to keep myself safe. So a, there are people in the world at this terrain and a lot of the stuff happening on the planet could be seen to come from that. But there's also just like your average guy in, in, the, in the pub or in the bar who's just really feeling victimized by society and wants to have more power and control over his life. And then we have uh, the order-based terrain square, which is where a lot of people are at. And the country that we live in in Australia is very much the prevailing terrain here is still at square. I would say in the United States, it, it is at the next one, diamond. But square is a terrain where... People no longer are caring about like amassing as much money to dominate others. They're much more in a place of how can I contribute to society? They're focusing on the greater good of all, how society can smoothly function. And their sense of safety comes from feeling like they're a cog in a machine, like they're contributing to something bigger than themselves. So this is a terrain where people will follow authority, do what they're told. It's mainstream thinking, it's consensus reality. And, and that's coming from the need to fit into a smoothly running system. We have law, we have order. The terrain after that, the reflection-based terrain, Diamond, is actually where we're at right now in the prevailing terrain in the Western world. And this terrain is a terrain where people go, I I'm not going to do just what my father said or the doctor said or the university said. I'm going to think for myself. I'm going to decide who I am. And this is a terrain of identity and of unique expression and a lot of innovation. So things like the internet, a lot of the things that we have in our modern world have come from people wanting to decentralize information, decentralize services so that everybody can have their own access to things. And that's very much coming from this reflection-based terrain where it's kind of, if you look at the icon, it's pushing over the square into a diamond. It's all about innovation, forward thinking, individualism, spiritual expansion, personal expansion, economic expansion. So those are the first five, and um, they're all out-of-focus terrains. There's nothing wrong with any of them. They're all fantastic. Some of the greatest leaders in history have come from these terrains. It's just that they're seeing the world slightly differently from people at the other five terrains, which we'll go through in a minute. You know, that's interesting because uh, you can almost, based upon the, your, your short little description of some of these, you can almost look or listen to people, especially if they're in the news and what have you on a regular basis, and you can almost tell... Oh yeah, he's a he's a he's a star. No, no, he's a triangle. Uh, he sure seems like he's still uh, shooting for survival. Terrain number one, but um, it's it's very interesting how you see the behavior and the vocabulary and and the demeanor, and it's one of the things I noticed, especially in our last election, and I'm still kind of hearing it in this one here in the United States. Uh, victimhood. It's it's like every it's everybody else's fault that we're where we are, and so we've got to we've got to do something about it. And it's like, are you serious? I went through that in the '80s. I went through personal growth programs in the '80s. I went through LifeSpring uh, to to get work through my victimhood and not blame my parents for <laughs> what ails me. Uh, you know, I, I've been to the doctor now uh, and been diagnosed since I've lived here in Santa Barbara, 14 years. Uh, high blood pressure. Uh, probably due to the traffic. I told them they found nothing in the in the biology, in the physiology. I said, you're not going to because it's all up here. And then uh, just recently, uh, uh, actually, July 24th of this year, 2020, I was diagnosed with uh, type 2 diabetes. Now, I'm in my seventh week as we are conversing, okay? I have now brought my blood sugar down to the low 100s. 
112, and you're supposed to be at around 100, maybe a little above that, 110, 120 is okay. And I will spike at maybe 130, 40, 50 after I've eaten, you know, and that's, and all of the numbers are in the green according to the meter. I told him this was due to the pandemic. This is not because all of my other blood sugar readings for the last few years have been 100, 110, 120. And that's one of the things I think a lot of people don't seem to realize is that our physical being isn't permanent. I mean, I don't know, and I'm not asking either of you to tell me how old you are. I'm 60. So I have had, if I'm correct in my uh, numbers, I have had, I believe, seven or eight new bodies in my lifetime. And I've got an eighth one coming, I believe it is, when I turn 63, I will have a whole new body physically. The question is, and I don't know if the terrains can answer this question or not, or if this is even part of the equation, as to how we can, uh, and I've asked this question of people regarding biology, how we can transform our physical bodies as we raise our consciousness. And let's just say, as we move through these terrains, for example, well, my, my left eye, I have glaucoma. The vision is gone. Okay, and yet I have, uh, sorry about that, I have, uh, I've had seven or eight new bodies, right? Well, why didn't the eye regenerate new cells to give me back my vision? What went wrong? And, I, and I'm not asking that of you necessarily, it's more of a rhetorical question. But the main question is, what about the terrains? Can they give us any insight into... Um, Anything along the physical lines, or is that not what they are intended for? Well, yes, they absolutely can. And thank you so much for, for sharing that, because it really helps me to explain this point. Each of these terrains are their own universe with their own perception of, of reality. And that perception generates its own language. And so when you mentioned about learning where people are at, very much to the case that as you start to know the terrains and understand the language that each of them operates there, because their own their, their own operating system, as you understand their, their operating system, you'll hear their language, you'll hear it in, in newscasters, you'll hear it in leaders, and you'll be able to see what what or how they're seeing the world and how they're perceiving the world and the degrees of fear that they're they're holding in their field. And what we have to really get here is that this language is also our self-talk and we're repeating it to ourselves again and again and again. So if you're at a terrain where you're continually repeating to yourself negative thoughts, then you're going to be creating those negative thoughts again and again, even though your, your cells are changing over and your body is physically changing over the dimensions and the energy bundle that's holding you at this terrain is regenerating your body in just the same place it was always at. And an example of this is as someone has had a near-death experience and gone straight up to unity consciousness, they, uh, the unity-based terrain to infinity and come into unity consciousness, they come back and the doctors find that the uh, tumors they may have had or the cancer they died with or any of those things are spontaneously gone because we're in, in, in the quantum sense and in a physics sense, we're a hologram. We're recreating ourselves a billion times a second. And it's how you're holding your, your energy that's recreating you. So it's about letting go of the charge and the language 
and the self-talk to where you start to say things that are more about loving yourself and, and healing yourself and seeing yourself whole and healed. And this is the deepest journey of our growth. And this is, this is the whole spiritual journey we go through lifetimes to learn. And I think that when I go through the second five terrains, you'll start to see how this plays out because as people shift from connection through to coherence to fractal to unity to void, the final five terrains from circle to spiral to toro to infinity to nothing, uh, their whole relationship with their infinite self starts to change and, and things can heal in a, in a more physical way that maybe can't heal, say, at square or diamond or circle. So um, it's it just because their relationship with reality is very different. So when, when so when you say, does the terrains have any relevancy? It actually really does because the way people relate to health, the kinds of questions they're asking, like the kinds of questions you're asking, someone is not going to ask at pyramid. They're not going to ask at square. They're not going to ask at diamond. They're going to ask at the point that you're at and you, you've told us you've done our quiz and you've come out at circle moving to spiral. So I'm happy to start to go through those ones. And I think that will give you some understanding of why you also to ask these questions. So the next terrain, so the big jump, as I said, from reflection-based terrain, which we have the symbol of the diamond, to the sixth one, which is the connection-based terrain, the symbol of the circle, is that here we really have the shift from outer to inner, from doing to being, from head to heart. And as someone comes into circle, they're starting to really look inwards. They're much more feeling a connection to the web of life, a connection to their body, a connection to the ancestors, to the land, to other humans, to the vulnerable members of society. And, and a lot of maybe their fight that they've had at Diamond, which has been more ideological and more mental, like they're fighting to save the environment for ideological reasons. At Circle, it starts to become like a visceral experience of connection to the trees or connection to the earth. And so the, 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 the fight to sort of save the environment or to help people grow is coming from a very deep embodied place. And there's a real urge for connection and the kind of healing that happens is much more, you know, healing our feelings, coming into forgiveness, expressing our emotions, working on the deeper stuff that's causing our illnesses rather than just cutting edge, cutting edge, you know, mental ideas for health. And then as someone starts to shift into the coherence-based terrain spiral, the shift that starts to happen is that as well as feeling connected to the web of life, someone's starting to experience themselves as a multidimensional being and they're starting to feel connected to the entire multidimensional cosmos. And the way they're starting to relate to their body is much more um, past lives and different, different iterations of their experience through different aspects of themselves and their higher self and different spirit beings. And, and, and they, people at other terrains can be interested in those things. But when someone's at spiral, they're all about coming into coherence on all aspects of their being. It's all about authenticity, coming into alignment, checking in with yourself at every moment to see what resonates with you. And at that point in someone's journey with their health, especially, but with everything, they're starting to really take really full and deep self-responsibility for the reality that they're creating often doing very deep forgiveness practices, changing their stories in their head, and just really differently working with energy and resonance. And then as someone shifts to the next terrain, the fractal-based terrain, and by the way, there's less and less people. So you'll find a lot of people at diamond and circle, some people at spiral, and then you're starting to get into smaller numbers of people at the, the final ones. Uh, the fractal-based terrain toroid, at this point, the shift is back to a more collective view, but at this point, it's an understanding of the interconnectedness of all things, and of, of the really deepest, most profound truths. And there's a really deep embodied knowing that we are all one and that life has our back and that everything's interconnected and people starting to work holographically at this point and to shift their timelines 
And at this point, people can start to spontaneously heal from illnesses. This is the, this is the kind of terrain where those things start to happen. Mm-hmm. And there's a very deep place of trust. Like a lot of the teachers that are bringing through the great truths in the world, like Rumi, people like that, um, Tesla, you know, they're coming from this terrain where, the, where they're not going from the outside in. They're not going from deductive research. They're just having information drop in that's truthful and pure and they can feel the truth of it and then they share it. So that's what's happening at the fractal-based terrain. And then the terrain after that, the unity-based terrain, which we've given the infinity symbol, that's the terrain that people often talk about, enlightened masters, enlightened people. It's really a terrain where your sense of oneness is so embodied that in every moment you know that you are creating your reality, you and everyone else is the same being, and you're in such a state of surrender and witness. There's no more attachment to things happening. There's no agenda. You're just in a place of witness and being. It's a very calm and gentle terrain. There are people around at that terrain, but they're not big spiritual teachers. They're just some little guy that no one's ever heard of who's very humble and very uh, present. And when you're around them, you feel it because they're so incredibly present and so connected to their infinite self in every moment. And they've cleared so many of their filters. And then the final one, the void-based terrain, which you're probably not going to meet anyone at, we've given this the symbol of the no thing, because this is really the void. This is, you know, beings like ascended masters who've worked so far past their their issues of body or their beliefs, they don't even need a body anymore. They're beings of light, they're they're part, they've even cleared their beliefs about food and drink and gravity, and they're just in a pure place, a pure place of being. So, um, but you're not likely to meet people there, but we've just put those two bookends onto the model so people can see really what's possible at both ends of evolution of humanity. But we really want to say that we, we are this infinite point always. And so what's holding you in these other terrains is the resistance to that, the charge in your field. So to, to heal your physical body, your body is just an outpicturing of, of this charge. And to, to really truly heal, you have to look at, well, in, in what part of my body am I holding this, this issue? And what is that representing? And what do I need to let go of and, and discharge in order for that to then naturally heal? Because the body is self-healing, the universe is self-healing, we self-heal back to spirit. So if we're being held in some place and we're having some body issue, that's really our teacher to show us where we are resisting ourselves with a capital S. Mm. And there is a lot of resistance a, a lot of the time, uh, you know, because, you know, we want to keep things the way they want it. We want to keep the status quo uh, regardless of, of, you know, of that. And uh, it's, it's really interesting. I'm, I'm running into that a lot that, that, uh, and obviously, in, in, in the times in which we are living, as they say, I, I wish we could come up with some new phrases because those are getting really old and tired. But uh, uh, it's one of those things where I'm experiencing that from other people. Um, and in fact, I just had a conversation with a gentleman. I produce his programs. He does two shows a week. He only airs once a week, but he does two shows a week. And... Um, we moved his recording time to a better day so that uh, he would uh, he would have more time at the front end. There would no, no one's in the studio before him, so he's got plenty of time. And yet he only shows up five minutes before the recording session. Uh, but he wants the, the uh, finished product within an hour or so. He wants boy. He would just everybody wants what they want now or yesterday. And I keep telling him, I said, it takes time to process. He said, well, but when we were doing it on the other day, you used to have that hour. Uh, you used to have them done in an hour. Yeah, because I had a program, a live show, that I was actually able to sit and do that. 
I don't have that live show anymore. I have to get out of this studio, etc. blah, 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 blah. Well, I was able to get his programs done on this day as we were conversing. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I'm just going to send him an email. And I'm saying, look, you're right. Uh, I'll get them to you ASAP every week. Uh, don't worry about it. It's all taken care of. And uh, thanks so much. And we'll see you next week. Because I just don't want to. to I, when he was angry and expressing himself, I could feel it was like I was thrown back into childhood and an argument that someone or somebody was berating me and what have you. And I thought, this just, it's not worth it. It's just not worth it to create this kind of, of frustration. You know, I mean, I would like to have a little more time. I don't like to be pressured. But I'm able to get it done in, a re in record time. Are we finding that people are really getting... Oh, what's the word I want? I, I don't want to say short-tempered, but I can't think of anything else. Um, now, you said that, that the planet, you said the planet was where at this point? The, the square or the diamond? Well, I'll just answer your first question first, and oh, okay. then we'll go. Uh, is that okay? Because you just asked a really, really good question. Oh, okay. Are people getting short-tempered? And the thing is, obviously, in a pressure situation like we're in in the world at the moment, people's stuff is going to come up much more. But it's interesting because at moments like this, you can really see where people are at and you can actually have compassion for them. So you can start to see the different personality types and how they're playing out and the different age and how mature they are and how that's playing out. But you can also see where someone's at in their terrain. Once you start to understand this model, if, if people take the time to go to our website, do the quiz, they'll get a report which explains in detail where they're at in their own terrain, and then they can read our book and understand where other people are at and once you really have a sense of that when you're out and about with people you can see that the version of short temper that they are showing is going to be quite different at each terrain because as someone shifts say into circle into spiral they're becoming more self-responsible they start to notice when they've been triggered out of their center they start to be able to catch that catch their thoughts like you were just describing and go actually it's not worth it i want to come back into a state of peace they'll breathe they'll clean themselves up they'll let go of their stories they'll go oh wow my childhood stuff's coming up right now i can see that they'll calm themselves down that's possible as someone starts to be at circle and spiral and toroid to have that degree of self-awareness and to come back into our center quicker and quicker but someone say who's at pyramid or square is not going to be able to do that so we need to be able to hold compassion for them and actually understand where they're at in their journey and where they're at in their journey is actually okay because the world needs all of us it's a collective tapestry that's unfolding in in its infinite wisdom and who are we to say that that person should be different than they are all we can do is understand them hold compassion for them and through that acceptance and love and understanding of them, actually a lot of their, their agitation will start to fall away because usually it's when people are feeling unheard and misunderstood that they get more and more agitated. So understanding that someone's terrain can really help you to hold that space of compassion for them as well as for yourself. And, and there's really a, a fundamental that needs to be, to be brought here that at one end of the continuum at the unity-based terrain, you're dealing with the infinite self uh, in, in charge of the bus, if you will. At the other end, you're having the ego in charge of the bus. And, and these are degrees of the ego falling away to where the ego has fallen away completely. And so when somebody's more in their ego, the ego is really about safety and self-preservation. So when, when the situation looks tense and when, when people feel threatened, the ego is gonna try and come out 
and react from a place of what is it going to take to keep me safe? So each of these terrains are reacting from whatever perception is going to keep the ego safe in that moment. It's more extreme the further away from the infinite self you get. So as Tani's mentioned at the uh, faith-based terrain or the will-based terrain, people are going to be much more uh, ego reactive than they will be as they become more expanded and that becomes more in check. Uh, they're going to start to see that, hey, that's, that's not as necessary because um, I am an infinite being and, and the universe does have my back as, as, as life. And so they can sort of become more relaxed. I find it interesting, too, uh, if I may, that when I again, I take a look at people out in the world today, especially on television, because that's kind of what we're exposed to these days is uh, the reactions by people of other events. Uh, and, you know, and, and you see them fighting for uh, individual rights and freedoms and uh, equality and all of these things, which are all wonderful things to fight for. Uh, but I, I, I just I sit here and I go, yeah, but we've got this pandemic going on, <laughs> you know, and I'm sitting here going. So you're telling me that fighting for freedom is more important than maintaining distance from one another because there's the potential that could kill you. And now you're really free. Is that what you, you know, I, I, and I'm not, I'm, I'm sort of being facetious, but it's like, I mean, I, I get it. Uh, that's how important they're willing to literally put their lives on the line for all of these different causes. And it's not just here in the United States. I don't know if Australia's had similar uh, protests, uh, outbreaks over things that have happened here in this country, uh, or if they've had similar things happening there in Australia. But, uh, I know that people are, and, and it seems to me that these people who are protesting, it's not just them. They're concerned, as you kind of talked about earlier, they're concerned about the welfare of others, the safety of others. They have that level, I, 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 I don't know, you want to call it compassion? That's why I'm out here protesting, because I have compassion for those who have been misused and abused and hurt and so on and so forth. Uh, th that falls under the category of the, the first five terrain, the, the square diamond? Well, we, we've done a quite an interesting series of videos on YouTube about how people at each terrain are responding to the COVID coronavirus situation because they are seeing it very differently. Mm -hmm. some, of the terrain, some of the terrains are more collective focused. So if you look at square and circle, they're more focused on the collective. Some of the terrains are more individual focused, so pyramid, diamond, spiral, but they're at a different uh, level of iteration of awakeness, but they're still focused, some of them more on the collective and some are more on the individual. So someone at Pyramid might be very resistant to doing social distancing because they're like, you know, screw the government. I'm my own boss. No one can tell me what to do. It's just coming from that place. Someone at Diamond may, may not be wanting to follow stuff because they're at a point in their journey where they're questioning authority. They're questioning what they're being told. They want to make their own decisions. They really deeply need freedom to feel safe. Like it's a very different basis and someone at spiral may be coming from that place more because they're following their own intuition and their own resonance in every moment and their inner guidance is telling them that they feel safe and that it's okay so people are coming from different places and the same with the collective focus terrain someone at, at radial will probably follow these instructions if their priest tells them to do it someone at square will follow it if they see it on the news and they fit and they genuinely believe that there's a virus and that there's a threat to the herd and a threat to their collective society and someone at circle who's so deeply caring about the well-being of 
all the vulnerable members of society and everybody connected as a whole and the ecosystem, they're going to be aware of the beautiful things that are happening for the environment at the moment as the earth is healing, given this pause button that's been put on our society. But they're also going to be very deeply worried about the safety of the members of their community and the health of the members of their community. So they're probably more likely in, in some cases to obey the social distancing from that place of a deep concern for the community and the connectedness and the sacredness of all life. So everybody's reacting to this in a very, very different way. Someone at toroid, the fractal-based terrain, that's also a collective-focused terrain, but at that point they're focusing on the collective unfolding and they're looking at the much bigger picture and deeper reasons for all of this happening and they're in a much much deeper place of peace about it because they can understand the huge shifts that are happening in consciousness at the moment as a result of this pandemic because they're looking at the collective unfolding from such a big picture perspective that they're not in any fear about it and they're in a deep place of trust about it so they may wear a mask just so that other people around them feel comfortable but, but they're not doing it for any of the reasons that the other people are. So it's it's really, really interesting when we take this model and apply it to something like this pandemic. And we've been finding that incredibly helpful for people because otherwise people get very bewildered. Why is this person not reacting the way I'm reacting? Why are they doing treating this so differently? It's creating so much conflict in our culture. So if we can offer this perspective to people to help them understand where other people are coming from and why they're reacting so differently, it can actually bring a lot of harmony back and some peace back into people's interactions. That's our hope anyway. And I find it interesting too that, and you stated this, and, and I do tend to agree that no matter where you are in any one of these 10 terrains or transitioning from one to the other, there's no judgment. Wherever you are is basically wherever you are. And it's okay. And that's one of the hard things, I think, for the majority of our society uh, to, to understand is that in many, that, that in these cases, um, uh, it's... Uh, they have a hard time accepting the fact that that's okay, that this person is is a triangle and that person's a star and that person's a square and a diamond and circle and spiral and fractal and and so forth, you know, because we have that ego based judgment that's always going on and and you know I've I've heard this before when I was working for a Christian station back in the eighties early nineties back in Phoenix. You'd hear quite often, you know, judge not lest ye be judged. And of course, well, you, but you've got to read the rest of that. I says, no, I don't. I don't need to read any more. Uh, because there's another, uh, uh, there's another statement made uh, by the master that says, uh, the f- the, uh, uh, whoever is standing here who is without sin may cast the first stone. And no stones were cast. Uh, so... How in the world can we sit here and and pass judgment when this is just where we are? I mean, you folks have, you know, you've you've put this all together in this wonderful book called Introdu- Introduction to the uh, Ten Terrain of Consciousness, Terrain of Consciousness. And uh, it's just real interesting. I want to let remind our listeners, this is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices, new choices with the ten uh, terrain of consciousness, understanding yourself, other people, and our world. Alan, David Reed, and uh, uh, Tani Wolf, Tani Wolf uh, are our guests. And we uh, are really appreciative of the fact that, number one, you are here on the program. Number two, you have this neat little quiz. And where did it go? Here it is. And you have this neat little quiz that I want to share. And it's basically you want to go to uh, uh, Terrain's... Uh, 
attendterrains.com slash quiz. And uh, yeah, there's a minimal $5 charge, no big deal. Um, and, uh, you know, and so forth. And quite honestly, it's how I found out I was a trend, I guess you call it transitioning from circle to spiral. And of course, it gave me a little bit of the description. I know I saved the, the, the PDF somewhere on my phone. <laughs> I'll find them one of these days and review them. Uh, and then there's a little booklet that you can print out as well to help you to understand, uh, as well as, of course, getting a copy of Introduction to the Ten ter- uh, Terrain of Consciousness from your website or Amazon or the other uh, fine places where you can get the book. And I encourage people to do that because it's the more options that we have to understanding ourselves or choices, as it were, uh, the more we're going to understand ourselves. Um, there's still a lot that I sit around and I ponder about myself. You know, I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, I'm 60 and I've lived quite a life thus far. It's been quite fun in one in a lot of in a lot of areas. I'm a very optimistic individual, uh, and I have to tell you that when the first case of coronavirus uh, hit the states, on the one hand, I don't want anybody to die or get sick from this. It's no fun when you get the flu, and this is a whole lot worse because we know so little about it. And we have no vaccine, and at the same time, and more overpowering was the excitement of opportunities that were on the horizon that we didn't even know about and that this time here in the States anyway, and I guess it was global, we did something different we haven't done for a hundred years. We shut things down. And I've been advocating, I have, I have to tell you, for 40 years. When the flu starts to come across the United States, shut down the airlines, shut down movement for two weeks, no more than two weeks, people would say, well, you know what damage that'll do to the economy? As compared to what's happening now, it will be a blip on the radar screen and you'll put down influenza, which I know we have the vaccine for. We take the flu shot, but I haven't had the flu shot in 40 years, folks. I haven't had the flu. Uh, My immune system, I think, is pretty strong. But be that as it may, talk to us a little bit more about let's talk about the, uh, the the inner five. A little bit more. Now, what does it really mean that I am transitioning as my quiz uh, results came out, my test results came out, transitioning from circle to spiral? And I was actually uh, somewhat gratified, um, you know, and I it just, oh, well, that's kind of cool. And it's, it was sort of more of a confirmation for me of sort of where I am in my life. Well, we can look at these terrains as as a series of valleys and mountains, if you will. Um, in each each of the terrains, when you're in the valley, you're basically really in the learning and in the energy of that terrain, be it circle or spiral. To move from to the next terrain, it really becomes a journey of moving, uh, in a metaphoric sense, up over this mountain. So there's there's a lot of energy that you gather up. There's a a spiritual push to start to shift and, and you, you gain momentum, you come to the, the peak of this uh, mountain and then you can see into the next valley, uh, which is the spiral terrain in your case. And you're then coming down that mountain into the next valley. So from one terrain to the next, you really can't see the valley beyond uh, because there's a mountain in the way in, in a sense. And so this is 
this journey is really uh, it's 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 one of, of change and shift over these these um, points of resistance and then coming to the next point. So you're you're at the top of the the mountain looking into the next valley. You're starting to become aware of uh, the the understanding. As you can if you can imagine being on a mountain looking into the next valley, you're starting to see what's down there and you're starting to understand uh, some some of what's coming your way as, as you're moving towards that. So it starts to become more and more in your awareness and it starts to influence your being. Uh, you, you start to integrate that and and, uh, and and slowly come into that as you go into that valley. And I would say that it was really interesting what you said that when you saw you got your result and read a little bit of your report that you felt really like seen and really gratified. We, we get that a lot from people. It doesn't matter what result they get, whether they get pyramid or square or diamond or circle, spiral or toroid, they always say, oh my God, I feel understood because there's something really profound about knowing where you're at at this point in your life and that it's okay to be there and that where you are, there's so many lessons you're learning. And, and, and we've written this like 40 page report for every person, depending on what point they're at. Let's say they're at circle move or they're at circle moving to spiral or they've just landed at spiral. And so they can really deeply read that and start to feel, okay, these are the lessons I'm supposed to be learning right now. Well, that makes sense that I've just had a divorce and this has just happened in my life. And that, that makes sense now that I no longer want to do that job that I did. And I, it's like, it, it starts to explain things. And it also gives you a sense of, of positive feeling about where you're at because we always in the reports share the gifts of that point in the evolutionary journey, the gifts for your community, the gifts for humanity of you being at that terrain. But we also explain the challenges that you're facing at that point in your journey. And a lot of people, particularly people who are not at a mainstream terrain, so let's say they pass diamond, they're at circle or they're at spiral or they're at toroid, particularly if they're at spiral and toroid, there's not many people around them at those terrains. Nobody understands them in their family. Nobody understands them in their community. So when they read this report, this guidebook that we've written, they kind of often cry and go, wow, I actually feel like someone gets me, somebody sees me. And one of the things that we're in the process of building at the moment is, is an online community. It's not ready yet, but it will be soon. So that when people um, do the quiz and they find out they're at Spiral or they find out they're at Toroid, they can actually meet other people who see the world the same way as them. And it's so profound when those people get together because the connection is not just based on personality type or similar upbringings. It's a much deeper basis for the relating when your really core relationship to reality is the same and you're at the same point in your journey and you're grappling with the same kind of lessons. So it's something we're really excited about that we're currently working on creating for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's beautiful to hear that you felt that when you saw your results. That, that seems to be a pretty, pretty um, positive benefit of it. Well, what I also yeah. like too in the book is the fact that you break down uh, for example, uh, you have key elements of the circle there, and you, you have categories. There's focus, direction, energy, frame, which I'll have you describe in a moment, and then impulse. And in this case, the circle's focus is the collective. The direction is inner. The energy is feminine. Now, the frame is single and the impulse is love. What does it meant, mean by the frame and in this case being single? Okay, well, that's a really good question. The, the first six terrains um, really can't see anything else beside themselves. They're, they're very... I've lost your audio. For some reason I have... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Continue. Go ahead. I've got it. I've got you back. Go ahead and uh, start. Start from the start so, from the top. You weren't gone that long. Yes. Yeah, so the um, 
the first six terrains are single focus terrains, which means they really can only see their, their own world. They really can't see the others beside them. And so they're very compartmentalized. And so they will argue their point of view against anybody else that's at another point of view because they really have to feel they're right and they really have to defend their point of view. As you move to the more expanded terrain, spiral, toroid, infinity, and nothing, you start to see all of them together. And so you can then have uh, an appreciation of someone at the will-based terrain and their point of view. And you can also see the point of view from someone at the order-based terrain. So you can appreciate the different points of view and, and allow them to coexist, where in the first six, there's a tendency to to really have a, a problem with that. So for example, at the reflection-based terrain diamond, you have someone that wants to take out a forest to build a, a track home or a, a, an industrial park. And then you've got a bunch of people at the connection-based terrain circle that they're, they're gonna chain themselves to the trees and they're not gonna let you take these trees out because they really feel the pain of these trees being cut down. At uh, the diamond terrain, they're not. So there's, um, there's this, this challenge that happens uh, in some of these single focus terrains. And it's really been really wonderful talking to you today, Richard, because, you know, as we said, your, your quiz results showed that you're shifting from circle to spiral. And that's really been apparent in a lot of your comments, because the shift from diamond to circle is the shift from head to heart. But the shift from circle to spiral is a shift from judgment to non-judgment. And so at circle, you can still feel a bit of that angst. Well, why are people doing this? Why aren't they? Why won't they? I'm so frustrated when people blah, blah, blah. But as someone gets to spiral, they start to be much more like, you know, it's actually okay. I can really get why they are like that. I get the childhood wounding they've had. I understand the terrain they're at. Everybody's perfect where they're at. You know, it's just the judgment falls away. A lot of the angst falls away. A lot of the urge to try and change other people falls away. It's a much more peaceful place to be in your journey. But until someone's there, they can't be anywhere else than where they are. So it's okay. But yeah. it just explains why there's a little bit more conflict in the world than, than there would be if the prevailing terrain was at spiral because the prevailing terrain is still at diamond. So, um, but you asked earlier in the interview about what's happening in the world, where are we at? And it's probably a good moment to, to talk about that just briefly, which is at the moment, as a Western world, we are sitting in the Valley of Diamond, but what has been happening at the moment, this shift that you're feeling, this opportunity that's happening with COVID and the coronavirus is that spirit, the, the collective intelligence, the collective consciousness is, is doing something very clever right now. It's actually subtly, well, not subtly, dramatically started to shift the Western world to the first little step on that mountain towards circle. Like it's the first little step out of the valley onto that mountain. And the huge journey that as a society we're going to have to do over the next 30, 40 years to arrive into a connection-based way of living where we're no longer in disconnection, we're connected to the earth, we're connected to our hearts, we're connected to each other. You can see in some of the alternative uh, communities around the world how they live in such a nature-based way and there's much more harmony. Um, that is the opportunity that we have now at the Western world because it's not only individuals who move through these 10 terrains, it's also civilizations do and countries do and groups do and families do. And we're seeing right now in the Western world this beginning of this huge evolutionary shift of the beginning of the journey towards circle. And when someone understands that, it can give them a lot more peace and understanding of what's happening. And yes, it's a time of huge confusion and turmoil, but sometimes that's what it takes to create a terrain shift. Just like in your personal life, you might need a severe illness or a death in the family or a divorce to, to start to shift you to the next terrain. As a collective, we're needing this massive, massive turmoil 
to start to make some of the changes that are emerging at the moment in how people are relating within their families and how they're relating to their careers and the kinds of disconnection and things that are starting to be looked at now, which maybe weren't being looked at before. We've been given this collective opportunity for this growth. So it's actually a really powerful way to look at it. Well, the key elements of the spiral, as with the circle, the focus on the circle was collective. The spiral is individual, whereas the direction is still inner. And then the energy in this case, instead of feminine, is masculine. And, of course, the frame, as you described it just a few moments ago, in this case, it's multiple as opposed to single. But the impulse is still love. And uh, you're right. I, I, I have trouble watching some television programs especially those that go on season after season after season. My wife, she loves certain programs, you know, and, and I love her dearly, but that's not, there aren't, pro I get bored because it's like, when are they going to bring this to an end? I mean, come on. How many times can you go through this scenario uh, over and over and over? Come on, let's, let's move on to something else. Um, you know, I, I don't know. And and movies in the same way. Um, it just I remember, I still remember a television program not long ago called um, the last the law. It was either I think it was called the last ship, and it was a navy vessel. And there was this virus. Oh, I don't know, kind of like the corona, that basically was killing the people across the globe. And they were looking for a vaccine, and um, they came upon this island. And uh, they were they have they came up with the vaccine there on the ship and they were attacked by this group of other people. And uh, they and the people on the naval vessel ended up killing all but the leader. They captured the leader, took him onto the ship, tied him to a chair and started asking him questions. What the heck do you think you were doing? Da, 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 da. He began to explain, well, you people came onto this uh, island and you infected my, you know, people and this and that and the other thing. And the virus, the vaccine that you gave us wasn't, didn't work and on and on and on and on. And the captain of the ship said, that wasn't us. That was somebody else. And so it was like, as they conversed, they began to see that this guy wasn't a real problem. He had issues and he thought that they were the problem. And once they dialogued, the tension dropped and they started working together. And I'm thinking, yeah, and those 30 or 40 men who you've killed are now dead because you didn't talk first. Of course, that doesn't make a great television program. There's no drama there. And it's like, I, I remember Batman and uh, Superman, uh, that movie. And the whole premise of the movie and the fighting they did was because of something that happened to one of their mothers. And it wasn't until the last 15 minutes of the movie that they finally talked about it and they realized, oh, this was really stupid, us fighting, huh? Because we didn't understand where the other person was coming from. And that's kind of what we have going on today is that people are reacting to things before, A, they have all of the information. Uh, specifically, they don't have all the information. Everybody is saying all of these things about the virus or about... Um, the treatment of uh, the blacks and the women and the, this group and that group and the other group and and calling people names. And I, I sit there listening to the name calling, going, how is that helping? How is that helping solve our problems to name call? And, of course, I know the response to that would be, well, they were calling names, too. And I says, so that makes it right. You know, I, and, and I just I just I'm just flabbergasted. 
And I don't know if the same kind of stuff goes on there in Australia or not. There's, there's a lot of modeling in, in, in the media. Like if you, I, I really love to study novels and movies and TV shows for this, these patterns because you can see the terrains of consciousness playing out very clearly because movies are sort of simplified versions of human life. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot being modeled to us in television and movies. <clears throat> Most of it's exemplifying characters at the will-based terrain pyramid, which is not where most people actually are at in the real world. But in movies, most of the bad guys, a lot of the driving characters are at that terrain. And they're very much about an eye for an eye. And, um, you know, our gang will go against your gang to fight for this thing that we all need to gain more power and more influence in the world. And, you know, all the enemies in most of the sci-fi movies are are at pyramid and all the bad guys and all the gangster movies are at pyramid. And so there's just so much modelling of that kind of scarcity consciousness, power-grabbing, I versus an I thinking in the movies because we're in such a habit in our culture because most of the novels and books are actually being written from square, the order-based terrain. So in order to set up the lessons of the characters that are going to happen over the course of those two hours where the character always ends up at square, where they they suddenly start to see the bigger picture and the, the common good of all and everybody works together, they have to start from pyramid. If you're writing a square story, you have to start from pyramid. The characters have to be at pyramid. Um, eventually, everybody comes together to fight the big bad evil, and that's the square storyline. But what's starting to happen now, because we've moved to Diamond in the last 30, 40 years, is some of the shows you're seeing on Netflix and some of the movies that are coming out are starting to come from Diamond. They still have pyramid characters because everyone's in the habit of writing those, but the storyline, the growth point is actually quite different. Now it tends to be the growth point of standing up to the machine and finding your own identity and choosing your own gender and, and choosing your own way of life and becoming an individual. And we're seeing so many movies about that. As we start to have more and more people shift into the connection-based terrain circle, we're going to start to see more movies like Avatar, where they're modelling societies and civilizations that are connected to the earth that are coming into harmony. And the shift will be from an individual-based way of living into a connected-based way of living. But we don't have many examples of that at the moment on television or in the movies because the, the people at Circle don't tend to be the ones running the studios and it's, they're not the ones funding the movies. So sometimes you have to go onto alternative channels, alternative cinemas to find movies coming from Circle and movies coming from Spiral, but they do exist. There's a group called the Spiritual Cinema Circle, I think, that has a lot of movies at, at the connection-based terrain. But, yeah, as you say, it's quite interesting to watch and can sometimes be confronting and challenging to watch movies that are talking about the shift from pyramid to square when you're nowhere near that in your own journey. Yeah, But it's fascinating. It is indeed. It is indeed. And I actually, we watched a movie just last night. I think it was on Netflix. I don't remember the name of it. I've got to put a pad and pen next to my uh, nightstand so that, on my nightstand, so that when we watch these movies, I can write down the name of the movie and I can remember the title. But this was about a young girl. Uh, She and her alcoholic mother, who was a bus driver, uh, were living in a school bus. So she would drive the school bus during the day, park it in the bus uh, yard, and then they would sleep in the bus on on the seats uh and of course as the movie progresses you know she's a, a senior in high school she's part of this group that um uh, uh puts on this talent show every year she's done it for three years and this is the fourth year and the proceeds go to help a certain aspect of the school maybe funding the music department or whatever and so um, as the, the, the progression goes on, the girl, she's a singer, gets uh, an invitation to a prestigious uh, uh, school in Pennsylvania to audition. Uh, then her mother is killed in a car accident and there's alcohol involved, of course. Um, and then just as she's supposed to go for her audition, her dog is sick and it's going to cost $8,000 to f- take care of her dog, who is her child. I mean, you know, you and I both know that 
our animals in our family, they aren't just animals. They're not just, oh, she's just a dog. No, it's not just a dog. Well, she doesn't have $8,000. So now she's got to drop out of school, work 70 hours a week. The night of the, comp, the, the talent show comes up and one of her friends comes in and says, no, you got to come. You've been putting this thing on. And one of the, her co-workers, believe it or not, at a donut shop, says, go, I'll take care of this. Just go. And she goes. And what they did, they turned the uh, they turned the tide on her, so to speak, or the tables, the donations, all the proceeds normally going to the to a particular department of the school were going to her to pay for her dog's surgery. And at the end of the pro- program of that talent show where they had a big screen where they would refresh, they had like six thousand three hundred some odd dollars. And then they hit refresh again. It was two hundred six thousand three hundred dollars. And a little bit later on, five minutes later, when she is going to the donut shop to work, when she's going to the, the food, uh, uh, the, the kitchen to serve the homeless, and then she goes to the old folks' home, the uh, retirement home, to meet with this w- old woman who uh, is just a, a curmudgeon, played by Carol Burnett. Turns out that woman gave her that money. She pledged that money because, look, I'm old. I, I'm not going to do anything with it. I have no family. You're my family. It's yours. And it's like once she opened herself up to receiving, that was the big thing, big problem with her. She wouldn't take anybody's help. Do do which one of these uh, terrains deals with our inability? And in many cases, this is what's keeping us from our our prosperity, our abundance, you know, getting out of our attitude of lack. Uh, where is someone on that scale of these 10? Is it, is it uh, 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 pyramid uh, or square? Well, it's, it's, it's across the entire continuum. Oh, okay. Really learning in our spiritual journey that we're each on is to receive. You, you, you nailed it. We're, we're really coming to learn is not resisting our infinite self, not resisting the abundance we already are. We already are infinite love or infinite abundance. We're already infinite everything. Why don't we have that in our world? Why do we have the strife and the problems we're experiencing individually? That's because we are holding ourselves. We're blocked. We've got stuck energy. There's various things that are happening that are keeping us from ourself. And so this journey is really about learning to receive. And that becomes a, a much more prominent uh, example at the connection-based terrain circle as, as you're, you're speaking about it. Because as you move to the inner uh, terrains, you're starting to learn more and more to open and receive and receive the gift that you already have uh, in you. And at the first five terrains, you're, you're very much in resistance to receiving because you've got a victim consciousness that has to make it hard. It's like, how can I receive? Because I've got to fight. I've got to, this is, this life is hard. Life's a struggle. And, and this is the, the journey is really to unlearn. There's a, there's a need to struggle and just to come into the surrendered place of receiving because we already are that infinite abundance. Yes. Well, first of all, I have to, uh, compliment the two of you because the two of you really work well together back and forth 
in your descriptions as we go have gone through this interview. And a lot of times there's a lot of stepping over one another. Uh, you know, we, 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 you know, especially with, uh, especially with zoom, you know, and, um, it's one of those things that is just quite extraordinary in regard to, um, our ability to communicate. And a lot of times when we step over one another, it's kind of hard to understand. What did they, what did he say? He's cut off. She was cut off. Uh, so we, we need to learn, uh, this was something we were, I was listening to not long, uh, just recently about listening. Matter of fact, it was in an interview that I produced with uh, Mariel Hemingway. And she talked about uh, a story or what have you that I, I guess it was her father or her grandfather, I guess, had written about just that, listening. And the comment was made that uh, there was a conversation that an individual participated in. And he said, that was the best conversation I have ever had with anybody because the other person didn't say a word. They just listened. And it seems like uh, it's sort of a lost art. It's definitely something that starts to grow as people go through this journey, moving through the terrains, the ability to actually get the mind out of the way and the ego out of the way and just be present and actually really deeply listen, because in order to deeply listen to someone, you need to be able to be present. And what we notice, we live in a community here in this part of Australia where there's a lot of people at Circle. The prevailing terrain is the connection-based terrain Circle. And there's a lot of um, men's groups and women's groups and, and circles with talking sticks being passed around and lots of conversations based on nonviolent communication, other techniques of deep listening and insight dialogue and all sorts of practices where people are sitting in presence with their ego stepped aside and actually deeply listening. And when two people do that, it starts to create a collective field that's very, um, where the energy starts to come into sync and into harmony. And so you see that as people are at spiral, they've already learned these lessons of circle of deep listening. Now they're able to come into resonance with one another. And so when two people are at toroid, the fractal-based terrain, not only are they able to listen to each other and come into resonance with each other, but then they're able to bring through information into that collective field between them from truth. And that's where, you know, amazing creations can happen and amazing truths can be brought through into the world through two people that are in that place of peace and deep listening and coherence. But you have to move through these terrains to get to that. So that's part of what we're mapping in this model. And we experienced that in the creation of this work. We were both creating a field of masculine and feminine, of, of really complementary skills and we were deeply listening for answers. We were asking questions of the universe, of infinite self to our higher self, however you want to hold it. And we were listening. We were, we were asking and listening and, and deeply present. So that is the, the field that's, that's created when you're in this place of reception and listening. And then you receive. And, that's, and you have to ask. That's the other key to the whole thing. You have to ask in order to receive. You're just really having a conversation with your infinite self. Yeah. You ask a question and it gives you the answer. You ask it for something and it'll reveal to you why, what you need to do to get out of the way to receive it. Because that's all that's really happening is you're in the way of yourself. Yeah. So last thing I'll say is just that, that um, to follow on with what we both just said is one of the things that gives me hope personally in the, at the moment, and I think can give people a lot of hope in all the upheaval that's happening in the world is that, as we said earlier, the collective in the Western world is starting those first baby steps of moving up the mountain towards circle, the connection-based terrain. When we as a collective society have made that shift, people will be inherently coming from a place of deep listening because you can't be at circle and not be. 
So people are coming from a place of listening and vulnerability and trying to connect to others and be present and a lot of the ego stuff has fallen away. So it makes me really excited for the kind of world we're going to be living in once that shift happens. Yeah. And granted, everybody is at a different place on the on this uh, a scale of 10 ter- terrains uh, as far as that's concerned. And everybody is uh, just fine where they are. Uh, and um, we will move through uh, these uh, different terrains uh, as we uh, progress in a society. There are times, I have to say, when, uh, and, and fortunately these thoughts are fleeting, but there are times when uh, I ask the question, does humanity really deserve the right to continue its existence? No more babies, because we don't deserve to be here. Look how badly we've treated the planet and each other. And then I talk to people such as yourself and I realize, well, everybody's right where they're supposed to be and it's okay. And I'm right where I'm supposed to be and that's okay. And, um, you know, we're either going to survive or we're going to go through the sixth mass extinction of humanity, according to, to some, uh, uh, some people. And, uh, so whichever way it goes, we're just spirit anyway. I mean, the, the, the long and the short of it is that we are just spirit and that, you know, we uh, we we live a different existence. And the physical body is is the least important thing uh, that we have to deal with, in spite of the fact that many of us have certain conditions. I'm getting rid of one of them. Matter of fact, I figure that come November when I get my three month A1C test, it's going to show that I'm back where I'm supposed to be. And I can stop taking that stupid medication, but continue eating well and healthfully and, uh, uh, and, and feeling great. I have to tell you, I, I feel better now at 60, in, maybe because of the fact that I got that diagnosis than anything else. I want to remind our listeners that we're talking with uh, Alan, David, Reed, and uh, Tani Wolf. And we have three final questions before we wrap up here for each of you. Okay, they're quick and they're painless. You may have answered them during the program, but I like to ask them directly. And I'm going to bounce it back and forth so that one of you will have an opportunity to think of the answer. The first question to both of you is, first of all, who is, and this is to you, Tani, who is Tony Wolf? Who is Tony Wolf? Oh my goodness, I could answer that in 10,000 different ways. <laughs> right now, Tony Wolf is, I would say, um, there's an infinite Tony who is really managing everything and, and, and running the show. And then there's the human version of that Tony who's an expression in this particular lifetime of that infinite self. And the, and the more that I'm able to bring my infinite self into this vehicle and this body, the, the simpler my life gets and the more peace I'm able to embody and the easier my relationships are getting. But at the same time, the more self-responsible I'm being asked to become. So that's the answer. That All right. And who is Alan David Reed, Alan? Well, similarly, that's a, such a deep question on, on one level of a mystic and a visionary and on another level, I am um, seeking to know myself and seeking to know life and seeking to know why creation and the creation we are has created what we have and what's, what's being shown to each of us. What is it we're here to learn? So I'm a, I'm a student, I guess, at the end of the day. I'm uh, the greatest student of life. All right. Now back to David. 
What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? Well, it's been my lifelong vision and, and, and hope to integrate civilization in, with nature. And that's been my journey from coming uh, from childhood, growing up in the woods to being put into the city with no woods anywhere to be found and realizing how people were so disconnected from themselves because they had lost touch with nature. So for me, it's, it's about restoring hope to our younger generations, getting people back in connection with nature and who they are. And, and, and truly uh, appreciating life. And uh, what is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now, Tani? Well, specifically with the Ten Terrains project, I'm really passionate about giving people uh, a way to be more compassionate, compassionate with themselves, where they're at in their own journey at this point in time in their life, but also compassionate towards other people so they can have greater harmony and compassionate towards what's happening on the planet so that everybody can come from a place of peace and empowered action rather than fear and reactiveness. And yeah, for me, like my number one hope for this is that it gives people a tool for greater compassion. And the final question is for the two of you, and I will ask you, Tony, first, what is your life's purpose? My life's purpose? Well, that's a good question. I feel that my life's purpose is to be a place of joy and, and inspiration. And, and in my whole life, that's shown up in so many different ways. When I interact with people, they, they tend to come out feeling inspired. They've got a different perspective on the world. They feel full of possibilities, full of hope. I get told that over and over. I feel inspired. I feel inspired. Even if I'm in the middle of a heartbreak, I'm broken up with them. And I'm talking about it. They still say I feel inspired. So I, I think I've realized over time that by holding a place of joy within myself and coming to everything with fresh eyes, and, and always coming, trying to understand what's happening in my own life from a higher perspective and to find the positive, uh, people find me inspiring. So I think my life purpose is, is to inspire people. And Alan, what is your life's purpose? Uh, it's, it's becoming more clear to me to come to be who I am and to heal any of the separation that's keeping me from who I am and to be fully present uh, and fully surrendered in a pure state of trust and uh, allowing and just to be, uh, really to come to just pure being. That's been so much in my, my presence lately. And once again, it's the introducing the 10 terrains of consciousness, understanding yourself, other people and our world with Alan, David Reed and Tawny Wolf. And I thank the two of you for joining us here on the program, sharing uh, this experience with me as well as our listeners. And I encourage people to go to 10terrains.com. Take the quiz slash quiz at the end of that dot com. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It really is. And it's not that expensive. You don't have to worry. It's a few bucks. No big deal. It's it's what I used to spend. I don't anymore because of my diagnosis back in July. Uh, it's what I used to spend on my Starbucks latte, uh, which was a special blend that had way too much sugar and calories and all that good stuff. <laughs> so anyway, we encourage you to do that. And I thank the two of you again for joining us here on the program. Any final words to our listeners? Well, I would just like to, again, offer the, the website uh, spelling so that people uh, know to spell it out, 10, mm -hmm. T-E-N, 
T-E-R-R-A-I-N-S.com. And from there, you'll find a wealth of information. Uh, you've got links to the bookstores. You've got links to the videos, to all of our social media, YouTube. Uh, to take the quiz, absolutely. That's a great place to start. And that's, that's what gets you started on your journey of self-discovery. And my final message to everyone is that it's actually okay to be you. It's okay to be you. You're here for a reason. You've got gifts nobody else has. You're a totally unique individual. You're at a point in your journey where you're supposed to be and everything's okay and it's okay to be you. No, that's shocking. Just shocking news. <laughs> but it's good news. <laughs> I'll tell you what, because uh, uh, I know that a lot of us have been in places that we wish we hadn't been in. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I do my utmost not to regret anything because to regret is to pull the strings or the threads of the tapestry of your life, uh, and then you will become someone that you aren't today. So you can't, you can't pull those threads out of the fabric of your life. Leave them there. Embrace them. Embrace the dark side of yourself, your shadow side, as well as your light side, because it's what makes you who you are. And we encourage folks to go to your website once again, 10terrains.com, 10terrains.com quiz and uh, slash quiz and uh, take that quiz. It's a lot of fun. I also thank you for listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast podcast, love to lol. <laughs>